My coffee's in the corner. <laughs> hey, good morning, everybody. It is another Thursday and welcome back to Power Hour. We are so glad to have you with us. Today, we have a really amazing guest. I cannot wait to tell you more about him. But before I do, if it's your first time in Power Hour, please let us know where you're tuning in from. We would love to see where we're stretching out across the country and the world. And if you're tuning in from LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook, welcome to Power Hour. It's a place where you have a mini mastermind to talk about all kinds of things to move you forward in life and in business like leadership and marketing and sales. And today talking about epic content creation and repurposing live content. So we are so glad to have you with us. Let us know in the chat where you're joining us from because we would love to see that too. So if you haven't met me yet, my name is Claire Davis. I run Traction Resume where I help sales leaders get great jobs and make more money with their professional branding and interview prep. And I'm joined this morning with some amazing people. Uh, Dan, I'll let you introduce yourself, but it's always such a pleasure to start my day with you guys. Good morning. We were just talking about it. Maybe we should just start doing a pre-show so that way <laughs> we have right. so much fun before we go live. <laughs> like, on it. We should we need, we need to hang out with everyone. So uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Dan Mott. I am a LinkedIn coach and I help you build your business on LinkedIn through uh, boot camps, courses, and free resources. And now I'll pass it Brady Bunch style down to <laughs> always your point down that it is like to like the mirror effect. I know, so, it's yeah. like, wait, wait, I can't. Pass the ball, Aaron, on to you. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, so before we went live, we were laughing on how we do have two plants and Travis was like, maybe we're <laughs> between a plant, a fern and a plant, like Zach Galifian, I don't know, but um, so maybe we could rebrand <laughs> the fern and the plant. <laughs> so good morning, I'm Aaron. I uh, run Muscle Creative, um, I help small to media businesses with um, conversational copywriting. So actually um, connecting with your audience, imagine that, um, and um, having a conversation with them rather than just like vomiting all of your marketing speak um, on them. So um, I help everybody um, with that through one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions and my monthly membership. So I'm going to toss it back to you, Claire. Oh. <laughs> I know. Claire, thanks, Aaron. I have to like find the corner. Here's the right corner. It's in the play corner. So you guys, I have to tell you the first time um, that I, one of the first times I saw Travis go live was on LinkedIn. And I think Travis, you were streaming to a couple different places, but I was sitting here with my son in my office and he was like, mommy, what's this show? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's a show, but it's, it's live. Like he's, he's actually talking to people who's connect, who's commenting right now, who's, who's talking to him, you know, through the computer. And he goes, Hey, Travis, Hey, Travis, it's me. <laughs> so I was just like, Oh, this is so cool because it's really the, uh, the new way we're all creating and consuming content. And, and one thing I love about you, Travis, among so many amazing things that you do is that you really pair uh, value with entertainment when it comes to going live and live and you do it in such a streamlined way that it's a lot of fun to watch and it just looks so natural. So, um, Travis, I'm going to let you do your full intro here in a second, but you guys, he's incredible. He's got the beast node going on. Um, and when he hits the go live button, I can't help but watch. So I think that it's a, it's a really relevant conversation we're going to have today about creating live content. And then what do you do with it? Because it takes a significant amount of time. So how can you leverage what you're already doing to support your brand and your goals? So Travis, if you wouldn't mind giving us a quick intro as to who you are and what 
what you're up to these days and then we'll get into it. Sure. Yes. No, I'm uh, stoked to be here. Much appreciated. Um, getting better at answering this question. Finally, <laughs> I've sure. had lots of uh, twists and turns, uh, but this last year, 18 months or so have really uh, clarified my lane uh, that I'm in and have really come to terms with this role of a multimedia producer. So essentially connecting ideas to reality in any format necessary, <laughs> whether it's live streams, podcasts, um, my former life as a music producer, um, but ultimately all leads to the same goal of helping others support that journey from idea to reality. That's the the my favorite moment is in life is watching like something like that come to life, uh, whether it's in physical form, digital form. Um, so I'm here to to amplify and create that moment for for as many other people as possible. And on that journey have discovered that live streaming as a, a media strategy and pillar based strategy has been uh, one of the most effective and efficient ways to tap into that creative vein and just keep it on autopilot and just keep it rolling. So um, that's what I've been focusing on the last last year, year and a half, and it's been pretty awesome. So, uh, so enjoying it, gonna keep doing more of that. Uh awesome. <laughs> Awesome, we love it. And we see, you know, there are a couple of um, folks in the chat here, some of which are incredible content creators themselves as well. Yes. Steve's here, Ariel, great to see you. Welcome all the way oh, from rainy nice. South Carolina. Um, Jacob's here, love your stuff. And Christine, wonderful to see you all the way from New York too. So we're so glad to have you all with us. And Travis, you bring up a great point about <clears throat> creating but implementing these things through your pillars because if there's one thing that i think all of us here who have started creating content to bring value to people over on linkedin or whatever channel it is it's that creating content takes a lot of time and a lot of intention and so be, having that pillared approach has it really helped direct what kind of content and how do you make it work for you well, thankfully, I had a pretty solid foundation coming into this adventure. So my prior uh, role has been as a creative director in the traditional marketing agency realm. So um, typically understood the entire context of uh, A, the value of content, and then B, more importantly, how to plug it into specific audiences and specific channels. So uh, that's always the first keystone that ends up setting the trajectory for everything else is who are you trying to reach um, and what is the best way to reach them? So that's what kind of sets the foundation of what's even worth looking at at the beginning. Um, but for me, I'm consistently thinking of compounding systems or compounding like series rather than just a one-off post even though those those are great to throw in the mix and have um for the long game it's far more effective to have an asset that you can continuously just invest in and have a compounding show in most cases um so that's what i've really discovered over the years is either like micro content series like uh, where you can do the same thing in a slightly different way over and over really reduces the threshold of, of uh, getting to completion. And then same thing um, when it comes to longer form, like high level projects, rather than mm -hmm. redoing a individual interview and all these one off things every once in a while, 
having a mm-hmm. rinse and repeat system is where where all this comes from. Even if you have the greatest guest in the world one time, it's not going to make a dramatic difference unless you're consistently on a rhythm. So those are the key focus points to start with is how how can you make this a, a series of some sort and how can you increase that consistency um, to just ingrain it into your day-to-day habits or week-to-week operations and tasks, all that fun stuff, so it doesn't get thrown to the wayside or you you get burned out is which usually the most common (laughs) dilemma. Yeah. And so, but I can just imagine when people are first starting out, like, okay, I know I should do this. Let's say video, for example. Like, I know I should do... be on video, have video as part of my business plan, let's say, you know, as far mm-hmm. as getting myself out there, being more transparent, that sort of a thing. But I bet you hear this a lot. I don't know what the hell to say. Like, who am I going to tell these people? Like, you know, like, what do I talk about? Like, what are the topics? So what do you tell people when they're just like, that's great, but what what do I have to offer? What do I do? Yeah, uh, this is a recurring dilemma um, in the adventure of anything. So yeah. what I've discovered is, is essentially there's we all desire wanting to bring the idea to ideas in general to life um there are a ton of psychological and mental hurdles slash excuses uh, that we throw <laughs> up uh, and i yeah. think this is this is one of them in most cases um but as far as systemizing it and strategizing it uh the simplest formula for me is how can i combine personal interests with professional goals. Um, And if you ask that question um, on behalf of your audience, how can I combine personal interests with professional goals? Um, That often will give you some type of formula uh, to bring out authentic pieces of you, your personality, stuff that you would normally say, normally do anyways, but it also has mutual benefit between you and your audience so it's not just t locks music and trance show because i love this and there's <laughs> that's yeah. what i'm gonna do for the next 90 minutes like there's yeah. a, a sweet balance of okay maybe i share business lessons while playing background music that i enjoy and love um mm-hmm. simple little combination there um could give you a a virtually bottomless format just by um, combining those two things. So um, whether it's community building, creating shows, or any type of content, those are the the two pieces I usually throw together and usually usually works out pretty good. So <laughs> Well, it's uh, like you're preaching to the choir because we speak on that. We're like, listen, you know, look at your memories, look at things that happened, you know, with, I mean, kids are a treasure trove, but like look at like things that have happened in your life. Look at professional experiences, personal experiences, talk about it and tie that in. There's always a segue into what you really want to get across. And that way you're connecting with people. Um, They're just like, oh my God, the same thing happened to me. Or I thought that way too, or, you know, whatever. Or I totally don't agree with that, but cool that you shared it, you know? So, um, so I love that you, um, you also um, have that train, the train of thought uh, too. And you mentioned, uh, you know, mindset, AKA excuses um, that we all (laughs) just call it what it is. Um, So how did you, I'm assuming you're human. You also had those things to get through. Um, So um, how did you, and then when people are, when you're working with people and you see them, like they may not even realize that they're kind of hitting these roadblocks, you know, they might 
think it's something else, but you're like, no, 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 this is all psychological. Um, how did you get through it yourself and how do you help others do that? Whew, it's been a long, uh, long journey um, <laughs> because what, yeah, once, once upon a time and even to this d d day, I still am uh, very hypersensitive to feedback um, and being such an empath not only do I feel that, I feel like the secondary levels of like the the vibe when when all eyes are on you. Like I can feel that <laughs> amplified <laughs> to uh, like a whole nother level. So the biggest yeah. thing for me that started was uh, starting to detach from the the final product um, and understanding that what's far more valuable to focus on is the journey, the process, mm -hmm. that uh, the actions that keep you moving forward rather than the final products. Um, and then detaching even further from the feedback that you get, uh, especially when it comes to like mass audience, like YouTube comments type of yeah. stuff, because um, it's very easy to get pulled into just negative areas of of the Internet, of mm -hmm. intentional trolls trying to pull you that direction. Um, so the biggest thing for me that's actually started freaking a, a long time ago now um back in the myspace days i intentionally put myself in a very uh judgmental feedback receiving position i was like uh, going all in on the emo skinny jeans jet black hair okay. like the full full thing guy liner everything and it would bring out the worst like commentary i've ever seen in my oh. life um back in the day and it was uh it was brilliant because it was one of those things to understand both edges of the internet so i was understanding releasing my music being able to share it with thousands of people at the same time get get all the positive feedback but it also came with all of the worst things like straight out the gates like mm -hmm. <laughs> so um thankfully i was desensitized to that early um it doesn't disappear or go away uh mm -hmm. so it's really more about how you react um and honestly the easiest way is to detach from most feedback unless it's from reliable sources intentional mm -hmm. like audience feedback survey type of environments but just general commentary and negative feedback. Uh, so easy to just get stuck in your head and then never want to move forward or never like, well, never want to do that again. Uh, um, so, right. uh, just, yeah, deflecting that before it even happens is such a big win. Um, and then when it comes to technological and psychological hurdles, uh, the biggest thing you can do is just a focus on the process again so many people want to have a perfect product and ultimately it's it's just getting past that first threshold um for me it was my first stream i didn't even realize it was my first stream when i was doing it um but once i was past that threshold uh the biggest win for me was just keeping it going over and over that mm -hmm. consistency piece we were mentioning um so it really becomes a desensitizing uh type of thing and mindset really, uh, yeah, is just categorizing what is appropriate feedback to bring into the situation versus mm -hmm. um, this is clearly not not anything productive or or um, useful in in the long run of things. Yeah, yeah. looking at well, things logically rather than emotionally all the time, which is tough. Exactly. But, yep. Yeah. 
I think yeah. it's funny too, like those, the negative comments always tend to stick in our heads for a lot longer period of time than the positive ones where we, we get those even a lot more than we typically get the negative comments, but the negative comments weigh so much heavier to the point where in the beginning, when I was first starting, I would literally take screenshots or I would copy and paste. And like, I put it all into like a drive where it was just like, save for a rainy day. Like when you're having a bad day, like I would go and I would just look at all the positives like that people like mentioned to me or had conversations with me. And I found that that would always help me kind of like pick me up out of that hole. But I know like, especially too, when you're committed, just like we are, you know, every, every Thursday we have to show up like rain or shine. And, you know, if I got into a car accident, like, uh, you know, this morning or something like that, I, you know, something triggered me, something that kind of got me like, what do you do? Like when you, when you're, you know, you're committed to showing up, um, like what, how do you, like, if you're having that bad day, like, do you, is, is there anything that you do that kind of like helps you kind of just like reset, put yourself in the right mindset or like prep for, you know, like being able to handle this, this situation, show up and be the full you when, when you know that like there's a piece missing or, or like there's something holding you back or, or getting you down. Yeah. No, that's brilliant, especially when it comes to live, at least the pre-recorded type of content and stuff. You can you can batch and edit and kind of rephrase it. But when it comes to live, um, I was mentioning this with with Claire the other day. For me, it's a moment of forced authenticity. Um, yeah. And the closest I can I can relate to it is is uh, game days uh, back when I played hockey um, or for a while I uh, did improv comedy um, in Denver. And it's just this forced moment where you have no choice but to be in that moment. Um, and rather than if thinking of that as like a, as like a curse, like, oh, God, here comes the Thursday stream again, um, just ab absorbing it and turning that moment into whatever it needs to be. Um, I mm -hmm. notice it with um, like sometimes where uh, we run shows with, with Shay Robottom and she'll have a guest like cancel. She's stressing out, like all rattled, like, oh my God, what's happening? The world's falling apart. And then like we still have to go live. She mm -hmm. flips on the camera and expresses that and it ends up being like one of her best streams. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> we, the stuff we plan for weeks and have everything ready to go like uh just does fine does normal mediocre but then the one where she turns on the cameras flustered is expressing that asking our audience back and forth sharing that moment um those are the real moments that people stick around for um yeah. and uh that's that's what i've really noticed so i think rather than um trying to deflect that moment or turn on like uh put on a game face and just tough mm -hmm. through it, turn that into the topic for the day. Uh, mm -hmm. Ask about it with with your audience or make that just say, hey, we're going to shift things up today. We're um, missing our guests. Uh, Claire's power went out and we're, we're doing whatever. And then, then you talk about how to change in the moment. And then maybe that becomes one of your, your best episodes um, or you bring yeah. somebody up from the audience. Um, <laughs> those moments that you just can lean into, um, I've discovered become more authentic because the more prepared and the more structured you get, uh, mm -hmm. the the less human this live stream becomes. So um, it's, I guess, yeah, maybe just reshaping that perspective and then leaning into it rather than trying to pretend it, it wasn't there or didn't happen or, or whatever the context is. But most cases, I bet you can reshape it or reframe it somehow. Yeah. yeah. And so like people are so they're like, okay, I'm doing this. I know what I'm going to talk about. I'm like, 
bashing my mindset into the ground. No, <laughs> making sure I'm super positive. Um, so, so then what about equipment? Like, so people are like, okay, I want to go live, but I feel like I have to have all this fancy lighting and equipment. And like, what do you say? Like, kind of like, okay, if you're just, just starting out, you need these things. And then once you're a little bit more invested, maybe upgrade to these things. Yeah, no, this is a, uh, this is what I've discovered is the, the biggest excuse people want to put uh, in front of them. Uh, and I have shattered that excuse in every way possible because <laughs> um, awesome. I am still on a $50 webcam here and some uh, Amazon lights. I just bought a two pack a long time ago and <laughs> threw them up, uh, used it. holiday decoration lights that I had in the garage um, for the stuff behind me. Um, so ultimately there's a sweet spot, a little like under $100 package, um, that I've kind of thrown together as the, uh, most cost effective, high production value, like sweet spot to zero in on. So, uh, audio first, fo always focus on audio first, uh, and the USB microphones have actually gotten really good. So you don't need the mm. fancy like recording studio mics right out the gates. Um, there's like the blue Yeti, uh, all kinds of new, really good um, USB microphones that you can just plug straight into your laptop. One of those are like 40 bucks. Boom. Exactly as Dan's got. Um, <laughs> those are super simple to use and top notch quality. If you know how to set up the right settings and clean mm -hmm. everything up. Uh, $40, $50 webcam, um, same situation, uh, USB plugs straight into any computer, any device that you already have. And then the last piece is just getting lighting. So you can either use natural lighting if you have large, like open windows, floor to ceiling type windows or a room that has multiple windows. Um, free <laughs> or, um, what I do is I just have led panels lightings because if I I just have one window. It looks like a beam of light <laughs> shooting straight, straight on me. Um, so I have to do kind of the nocturnal blackout thing, but I just throw up some some lights I got from Amazon, uh, eventually figured out the appropriate, a lot of it's really just figuring out the settings on um, your gear, on your microphone and on your, your webcam um, to turn things like up and down. And like when you first get this webcam, like it might look all like out of, out of color or like oversaturated or like something like this. And you just got to go find like the sweet spot um, to really cr make it crisp. But money is not an excuse because you can get a setup like this for like under a hundred bucks. So um, I still haven't even done the super pro upgrade. I'm excited for when and, and when I can get that going, but it's a big journey. So um, $50 webcam, $50 mic and uh, some LED lights. You're good to go. Uh, sorry, you're <laughs> sorry. There's, there's sorry, uh, not, not, not many <laughs> excuse shattered. Yeah. Oh. Um, so hopefully, and if anybody's curious and and wants to start that journey or start that setup, happy to help uh, get that first domino knocked over. I love it. I love it. Content too, right? Like I think the audio and the visual, the visual definitely help. Right. Like they, they make kind of they help to curate it and make it better and make it more professional feeling and looking. 
But really, people are showing up for the content. People are showing up because they want to hear what you have to say. They want to see what your guests have to say. And I think that, that is ultimately the most important thing, which is why you see like it's the same thing when people talk about video all the time. It's like you literally just need a smartphone. That's it. Like everyone's got cameras yes. on their phone and you can record it. Yeah. And that's all you need to upload it. You can upload it straight to the LinkedIn app or whatever social media platform you're using. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So yeah. what one thing that we get asked all the time, and I know Aaron talks about this sometimes and Dan, too, is, OK, I'm creating this content. OK, I've got my fifty dollar mic. I've got my fifty dollar lights. I ran to Costco. I've got some you know, color happening in the background. But now, OK, I'm, I'm brave enough to try live. How do I repurpose it? So when you're working with clients, and I know you work with individuals as well as businesses and B2B folks, so what do you, how do you guide them in taking that one piece of content, that one hour, and multiplying its effect across social? Yes, this is, uh, it, this is the most yeah, valuable piece of the equation. It's kind of deceiving because you can't get to the content without the show. Um, but yeah. the micro content and distribution is the most critical piece of the puzzle. And mm -hmm. for me, as always, the same with um, when anytime we were building out a marketing strategy, content strategy, it works backwards from who you're trying to reach. Uh, so who is their target persona? The client I'm working with, that's what we build uh, the entire show around. So when mm -hmm. it comes to the micro content strategy, we're going to be asking that same question. So what social media platforms do they hang out on? Uh, and what digital mediums can we reach them? In many cases for the clients I'm currently working with, it's, it's LinkedIn, email and some type of community building platform, Discord, LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, something like that. So that gives us our final destination of where things need to land. And then based on those channels determines the format. So what are the best practices of each of those channels now? So for LinkedIn, we all know the cliche, uh, gotta be the one by one square, gotta <laughs> be the one by one square video. Um, yeah. Catchy titles, uh, 30 seconds to three minutes is the range we would put clips into when want to stretch too far um, beyond that. And then next channel thinking of maybe a uh, uh, TikTok or something that would be non-traditional is in the mix. Now everything has to be under one minute, um, switched into vertical format, and we would want it to be quick, snappy, very uh, information dense. That's yeah. the, the high value in TikTok is being able to watch something two or three times and get more and more uh, out of it each round. So. It's all working backwards from who you're trying to reach and where they're hanging out. Um, and it's kind of a bottomless pit of an if then equation um, for the exact mm -hmm. formats. Um, but that that kind of gives you the idea of, of what you'd want to want to change format, tone, uh, duration. They're all going to be slightly different depend depending on the final place that that is landing. Mm hmm. That's great. And, you know, I love that where you're starting, which, you know, Aaron, you talk about this a lot, the ICA, you know, making sure that you you understand your customer really clearly. So, you know, not only who they are and what they're interested in, but where they hang out. So that's brilliant advice, Travis. Do you feel like there is a benefit to going and using live content over other mm. content? 
I'm extremely biased on this, but yes. <laughs> um, so for, for a long while, um, like a couple years now, uh, I've known the value of content, being a creative director and trying to plug into marketing um, campaigns. I understand the, the value of content in the digital realm. Um, mm -hmm. Most of what I experienced, either going in-house with the companies we were working with or outsourcing to others, um, there was this void, sort of middle-class void, <laughs> I noticed. There was, like, high-level, like, six- and seven-figure, like, Hollywood productions. Uh, yeah. And then, like, super cheap, kind of amateur, like, please, I don't want my brand associated with this content like uh, type of stuff. And there wasn't this like cost effective middle ground of like, I don't need to like get a second mortgage to invest in this content, but I want it yeah. to be top tier, like good quality. Um, and that's where process and systems and all of that comes into play. Um, but ultimately, if done right, a proper live stream show on whatever frequency is feasible for you can be redistributed into all other media formats. So regardless of what type of final destination content you need, text articles, uh, podcast, audio only um, type of stuff, live streams can be repurposed into podcasts, a super powerful way to get extra mileage. Um, so ultimately for me, I preferred it over pre-recorded content solely because of the efficiency factor. I've reached a point in my life where like I'm officially out of time. I wish I could buy hours from a vending machine. Like, <laughs> um, so now this equation of maximizing efficiency has become way more critical. Um, so ultimately for me, uh, several years I struggled doing the pre-recorded content. Um, I did okay with it but it would take me eight, 12, 16 hours to get something scripted, filmed, edited, and published. And I was like, this is not, this, is, this can't happen, like long-term, yeah. no way. Um, so ultimately that's what steered me away from the pre-recorded content was the efficiency factor. Mm -hmm. And then what really glued things together and reinforced that this was the lane um, was back to that forced authenticity that we were mentioning. Mm -hmm. um, when I tried to do pre-recorded video content, it was a mess. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was an awkward, robotic mess of 22 takes of what is this guy doing over there? <laughs> like, so for me, being in the moment and having this feedback, this interaction with with chat and with you guys um, was a missing piece that I needed to 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 be human and in my content because um, when I did the pre-recorded stuff and the scripted everything it was just it was just so not my vibe um, so I was super grateful yeah. to have discovered the live element because um, it just put me in a whole different lane a whole different category of, of creation and um, yeah, super grateful for it, uh, and I don't have to to torture myself uh, editing in Premiere for like twelve hours uh, every week. So I'm good with that. So you don't have time for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's super important, right? That you find like what works for me, what works for Travis, what works for Claire, what works for Aaron. Like, is going to be different every time. So you need to find what's going to fit your personal style. And yeah. and I and I'm the same way. Like, I remember one time I shot a video, and I and I like 
at the end, I was like, all right, I got to go count just to be sure. And I think it was like 64, if I'm remembering correctly. Like I took 64 shots of that. And I'm the same way. Like when it's just me, I feel very awkward talking to, mm -hmm. like I know I'm like, I have to put my mindset. I'm talking to the audience. I'm talking to people like that I'm going to be sharing with, but I don't get yeah. that feedback until it goes live. And then it's like, I need that live connection. Being here with the three of you, having this conversation, I can't just be like, wait, wait, can I reset and like do that? Can we do a second take on that? Like that's yeah. not a real thing when you're live. And right. I love like that accountability personally. And I, and obviously Travis, you're the same way to like have that. It just, it fits your style and you need to figure out what's going to work best for you. Amen. Yeah. No, that's uh, one of the biggest keystones of, of my process over here is uh, A, that buyer persona on discovery and understanding that. But then on the internal side, what is your stream style or what is your communication mm -hmm. style, even if it's outside of streaming? Um, that's where a lot of creative energy comes from is finding your format. Um, yeah. So when I have audio based stuff like audio visual type of stuff like that's my world. Um, for mm -hmm. a while, I struggled with articles. I tried doing it. I was like, S everybody was all SEO got to be top of Google. <laughs> so I heavily <laughs> invested in articles and I was good at it. But I noticed the only time I liked it was when I was doing multimedia articles and I could add mm -hmm. graphics and designs and video and stuff. Um, so it just kept starting pushing me towards there. Um, so that's one of the first things I do, whether it's um, streaming specifically is kind of the exercise I have set up to literally discover your stream style. Um, so mm -hmm. it's a super powerful thing um, that, that we can tap into today. I do have the exercise loaded up um, over on this awesome. end, but um, it is one of those critical things that a lot of people, they, uh, again, are easy to find excuses. They want to look for anything and go, oh, that's just not for me. I'm not a, mm -hmm. I'm not an on-camera type of person. Well, there's, there's easy ways to uh, find what works for you, um, regardless of if you're an introvert, extrovert, if you prefer solo shows or guest shows, if you prefer educational versus entertainment, there's so many directions it can go. Uh, it's just about yeah. finding what works for your style. And that's a that's a great point. It's the next level, right? I mean, first you get bold enough to try something. And I think like a lot of things, so, you know, my industry's careers, and it's not until people actually get into their career past the first 90 days that they really get to feel and see and understand if it's for them. So similar with content creation, you know, until you start trying some of these different forms of media, like when you were trying the articles out, yeah. you know, you, it kind of finds you, right? It kind you kind of discover if this is really your game or if it needs to be shifted or if you like something else. So, uh, you know, one thing we love to do here on power Air, and I know you and I talked about it, but we always want to leave you guys, um, with something you can implement today. So Travis, can you, if you were to tell our guests, you know, one thing that they could do today that can help them move forward in their epic content creation, what would it be? It's gotta be the first, the first stream, the first show, the first whatever, it doesn't matter how bad you think it is. Um, get the first rep in uh, mm -hmm. and set it at a fe any feasible frequency. I would rather see somebody streaming once a month than them trying to uh, do f a five days a week, like a Monday through Friday, and then burn out after two weeks. Um, yeah. It's it's much more about getting uh, the, the first rep in and then simplifying, making it easier to, to get everything. So everything you're doing, make templates for. 
um, try to lower the threshold of jumping back in every time you go in. Um, and there's gazillion ways you can do that. I've got checklists, spreadsheets, uh, all kinds of things to help um, if anybody is curious about starting that journey. Um, but ultimately, the, the first rep is the hardest. Uh, and all of the feedback that's in your head is is amplified towards negativity as we were talking talking about earlier so <laughs> everything that you're deathly afraid of all the stuff that i was like sweating through my shirts like paranoid of people don't care i've done the dumbest like most embarrassing stuff on stream like <laughs> that i i used i used to like it back in the day i probably would have stressed about it for hours or days um and ultimately i noticed most people don't even notice or and then the people that do notice don't care or they think it's like fun or entertaining. So um, yeah. all of those those panic thoughts of like everybody's going to laugh at you. What if you mess up? What if my kid comes in the, the frame? What if the dogs start barking? All that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Get your first rep in. Get it going. Um, and you'll you'll find what works. Um, it's about yeah catering to your style. If you don't like the educational interview type stuff. Go on stream and play music. Watch you can watch YouTube videos and share commentary about them if you want. Like, there's yeah. such a wide spectrum of uh, very chill, low casual stuff to highly produced, super professional. So get your rep yeah. in, test a little everything, see what you like, do more of that. If you don't like it, do less of that. Rinse and repeat. Boom. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> so how can people find like you mentioned and and. First of all, I completely resonate with what you're saying. In fact, I used to really stress that like my lives had to be really perfect. And what if I misstepped on a word? And what if it's just not like the best value that someone has seen like today? Like what if it's not perfect? But that was putting the barrier between me and actually taking action. So it's almost like you have to take that barrier down. And, you know, frankly, sometimes I'll catch myself on social media watching someone live watching another live video and <laughs> providing commentary like i love I, i'm gonna yes. just i'm just gonna like make i don't know if this is cool or not or anybody else watched it but there is a guy over on facebook his name is brad mondo and i love his videos and he literally watches videos of other people cutting or coloring their hair and then comments how he feel, how he would do it differently or better. <laughs> I am addicted to those because first of all, I'm like, wow, it's not so hard. And second of all, I think, oh my God, I just spent like an hour watching these <laughs> videos of someone watching somebody else. So um, I think that's really great. I think it takes the, the pressure off of perfection. And a lot of people here, you know, are, are um, you know, types who want to create something but get nervous because of that imposter syndrome, which sneaks up on all of us. So Back to what you mentioned before, how can people find out what the right medium is for them? You know, what what the what the right content should be for them. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, like we set him up for something there. Um, so uh, I have been working on this for a while. Um, essentially, the first few steps of finding building out your show uh, obviously we'll consider the persona discovery its own category hopefully you can start uh understanding with vivid clarity who you're trying to reach and um how exactly to reach them so once you have that piece together 
then you can jump into this uh, screen share here that I've I've pulled up um, to tap into these three things. This is uh, the ideal way to find your stream style. Um, so this can apply to other if you if you don't want to do video, this works for podcast or recorded videos as well. But um, essentially, it's a two question system that will load you up with show segment ideas that you can do. So we're going to go through what is uh, best for your personality, what's best for your viewer, and then what are the ideal stream segments for that. So the way this works is a super simple two-axis uh, two matrix, um, and you will land in one of these four spectrums um, based on your style uh, personality style, and then the um, what's best for your viewers. So the first question you need to ask is, are you the type of person that needs real-time feedback and engagement? Do you need that type of real-time feedback and engagement to continue a conversation? Or are you the type of person that prefers to go into like deep mode, like deep focus, focus type of zone, just go all in, don't, don't want to be distracted and go from this conversation to that one. Um, determine where you're going to land on this spectrum. If you prefer feedback, you're going to want to build a more engaging stream. Uh, mm. If you prefer to focus and just get go deep, uh, you're going to want to build out a more passive stream. So you're going to land in one of these two spectrums, most likely based on your personality. Now, combine that with what is the best viewer experience? What is the viewer you're trying to reach? What is their desire? Are they looking for education? and just pure raw information, give me the systems, give me the goods, I want to implement this in my life? Or is it something more emotional, entertainment? This is cinematic, this is film, this is a DJ set, a concert, a uh, an artist sharing their work um, live in real time, that type of stuff. Uh, so there's a wide spectrum of what exactly do they want to accomplish uh, on their end. And based on those two, um, your personal preference and what works best for your audience, you're going to land in one of these categories. So if you were doing your homework, Claire and Dan and Aaron, um, <laughs> which category did you land in, Claire? If you were more engaged, uh, you're in the upper half. If yeah. you are prefer to be more focused, you're in the, the lower yeah. half. I'd say for myself, I'd say A, because a lot of times I, um, you know, when I started, I really wanted to provide a lot of education, but I realized for myself that folks who are going through a struggle on a job search journey, it a lot of it has to do with, with mindset and getting them excited about the process to get for so for me, it was kind of that mix between education and information and engagement. I get a lot back from, you know, um, my audience and then really listening to what their comments are and what their struggles are. And kind of that's where I create from. Love it. Dan, Aaron, did you guys have a clear a clear winner on you guys's? I think uh, similar to Claire, like engaged and education, just because with my uh -huh podcast so, like i talk to different um entrepreneurs about their journey um you know 
how they grew their business, that sort of a thing. Um, and so, you know, trying to, you know, engage the audience in that, like talk about the things that they're interested in, what they want to learn. Um, and then also through lives as well. And so I like to think it's a little entertainment in there, but I think it's mostly nice. engagement and education. But we try to make it fun as well. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Nice. Dan, how about you? Was there a clear yeah, winner? Yeah, falling right in the middle. No, um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, I feel like too. There's there's those elements where you kind of do start to fluctuate. But if I really had to kind of nail it down, if I had to summarize and I had to put it kind of all together, I really say I'd probably fall more into the C, into the C category. Yeah. Um, I like to have fun. I like to be entertaining. But really, like the heart, you know, the heart of my message is always going to be purely education. I'm trying to share what I'm learning. I'm trying to grow myself and learn. Um, as much as I'd like to be engaged with the audience, I'm super bad at multitasking and focus is something that I constantly have to uh, focus on. So so like if I'm going to be able to provide the best value out of out of my content, like I need to stay laser focused on it because the moment that I like, and I do this on this show all the time, I'll start reading comments on the side and then I'm not paying attention to you. And I'm like, shit, what did Travis just say? Like, <laughs> It's all part of Guilty. the journey. Yep. Uh, so uh, based on, yeah, based on these preferences, uh, you now, these are pretty much aligned with the category um, mm -hmm. sections they were. These are segments you can use to build a stream. So when you think of a stream, um, I kind of think of it in the context of like little little Lego bricks. You don't have to have all one of the same thing. Um, you can have a segment of this, a segment of that, and then a closer or whatever. So mm. these are the little bricks you have to build your stream. If you were in the engaged mm -hmm. education, um, these formats here, uh, an AMA is an ask me anything type of thing. So you could just jump onto uh, a stream and just take live live response q a be like hey what's up steve do you want to chat about streaming uh, adventures and literally just do it in real time um and it just creates this this continuous feedback loop you, you don't know where the conversation's going there's follow-up questions um all kinds of stuff so this works really well as engaged education uh interactive coaching so if you have a program or a coaching program consulting program of some sort you can bring that experience or portions of that experience to a live stream um sort of give a little bit of like public sample trial type of uh setup um so that's a big win uh and then a another thing you can set up is some type of trivia or or game show that's relevant to your audience. So whether it's industry-based or skill-based, uh, this would be an easy way to keep things uh, engaging and in that continuous feedback category. So um, nice palette there for the people that need feedback. Um, continuing into entertainment, these are gonna be more chill, I guess, rather than uh, I'm here to learn and extract systems and everything. So. Old school games, this is what we see a lot on Twitch. You can just literally play video games on the internet and people will hang out and watch you. <laughs> yes. That's what welcome, I do every day. Welcome, welcome <laughs> see? Um, so that's um, one of the, uh, it's just crazy that we've reached a point of humanity where this is a thing. <laughs> but, um, essentially, uh, anything that you would normally do, you can share uh, that experience with with other people um, that can either join mm -hmm. themselves 
or you can just play selfishly on your own and people still will watch and join. Um, I tend to skew towards the stuff that's easy for people to join, like trivia or um, mm -hmm. Jackbox games, stuff that you can just join on your phone, um, kind of be a part of the journey. Um, but that's a really simple way to just have a permanent, like you could do that for hours, like literally yeah. hours um, if you're just needing to get reps in and get hours on stream. Um, an audience interview. I'll try to get th through these a little quicker because there's a full palette, um, but you can pull people up from the audience. If you wanted to right now, you could drop the link um, and be like, hey, does anybody want to share their best insights or their experience with their first stream or something like that? Um, mm -hmm. Those are really magical moments. Uh, sometimes they're chaotic, messy moments as well, um, depending on, on how it goes. But mm -hmm. that's what I think a lot of people enjoy is there was no plan. There was nothing there. Um, for for knowing where things are going so mm -hmm. um another simple way to just keep things rolling pull on a guest see where it goes um and then another thing i've been testing and experimenting you can now let viewers control the stream experience so whether it's through, po through polls uh through voting um through uh text commands i see nick lozano is here he helps me um set up tech commands that people can put in the chat and it'll trigger something to happen on stream. So whether it's music control, light control, um, if you want to vote on what the next segment or the next game is, um, all of this, you can kind of create a choose your own adventure uh, stream where you have no idea where it's going and uh, the viewers can essentially control what's happening or where it goes. That's another super simple way. You don't really have to have an official game plan other than what's on the menu and let the let the audience decide. Um, so just another simple, cool, creative way to get streaming and you don't have to have a perfect plan all put together. So let's rip through these bottom categories, which are more passive streams, but still high value. So thinking in the context of passive versus engaging, um, there seems to be a bias towards thinking engaged is better. Um, absolutely not the case. If that were the case, podcasts wouldn't be listened to a gazillion <laughs> times a day. Um, so your think of your stream uh, as an opportunity that people can passively listen, throw it up on a second monitor. I'm sure many of the people here, um, now that we're getting into the workday, have this up on a second monitor they're just kind of listening to the mm -hmm. audio portion maybe glancing checking in um that's all right you can have a stream that's designed to be more passive so stuff like an expert interview so just somebody that really knows a subject super deep you want to get their full experience full story that's a brilliant type of uh way to just set up a passive education you don't have to get uh questions what's up guys how you doing share this share that um you can just go deep focus on the guests like dan was mentioning he he loses focus when he starts getting pulled into the chat in that direction mm -hmm. maybe just going all in on an expert interviews type of thing is a better route um same thing if you don't have a guest you can go deep on a monologue a lecture a webinar or like kind of sort of what i'm doing here like with this little uh presentation type of thing you can set up whatever would be like a keynote or or a lecture in your own context uh on a stream another mm -hmm. super simple way to uh get going 
And then a really great thing for coaches, businesses, uh, anybody that's trying to do like a business related stream is using a case study as your stream or anchor reference. You can go through uh, somebody's story, their experience, their challenges, their struggle, the results. That is a virtually bottomless pit of, of content you can explore. Um, and you can do that with them if they're open to like sharing that experience or uh, just doing it again, solo, a very low, uh, low resistance um, threshold that you can easily jump into and do a stream on that. So those are really good for that passive education, almost podcast style um, type of streams. And then last one over here is passive entertainment. So this is just, uh, I do this a lot with like Twitch streams, just throw up something to have, have music on, some type of entertainment, um, conversational interviews. Uh, this is the much more casual. There's some streams where people just throw on their stream there's no official topic or agenda or this. They just chat. Um, a lot of comedians do really well in this context. Um, if you have an ensemble or like a couple co-hosts, you just are good at just vibing and, and chatting and going wherever. It's kind of funny, good banter. Uh, throw that, turn that into a stream. Just turn on, if you auto, automatically are doing that, turn that into a stream. Um, same thing now for creatives. If you are crafting or creating music or a uh, woodworker, um, like Nick Lozano is here, a musician like Jacob Schwer is, um, you can just share those moments, those moments of creation, of art, of anything, flip on your camera and turn it on, on stream. Um, one of my favorite things to see is uh, artists from our community that will share uh, while they share a stream, play music, and you can watch them go from blank canvas to the first outline to the shading. Yeah. And then like, I'll see like two weeks later, they'll post the final piece like in Discord. And I'm like, oh my God, I was there for the beginning <laughs> of that. Like, and it's just this cool, experience yeah. so if you're a creative of any type think of how you can share what you're already doing um and then the last one here is you can just i think we were mentioning earlier you can just solo game you can do whatever the hell <laughs> you want go play go play video games turn no. on the stream you don't even have to turn it into an interactive thing and just see who shows up and that's the the super super simple way to um find any type of stream segment that will work for you. So again, any excuse that you had, oh, I don't do interviews. Oh, I don't have a program to co coach or teach. Uh, beyond all of those segments, there's still even more you can experiment with. Um, those are just some high value, easy wins um, that I wanted to put on, on people's palette. But um, I want to see people do weird and creative stuff with streaming. Please, <laughs> please do <laughs> and just start it and do anything. Um, I yeah. would love to, to help and support anybody that wants to start that journey. Or if you've already started it and want to try something new or different or level up, um, door is always open. So awesome. let's awesome. stop talking and throw it <laughs> somewhere else, please. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, Travis, thank you so much. That was amazing. And I think it really just breaks, like you said, it breaks down that barrier. It, if there's an excuse for a reason that you're not creating content today or you feel too nervous to do it or feel like you don't have anything valuable to share, Travis just proved all of us to all of us that yes, there are a million things you can do. Um, you know, even if it's just you know going live with what you're doing already in your day to day, like gaming yeah. or cooking or creating or painting yeah. or whatever. And I think that's where people can really connect because they people want to work with people they like, right? And so if you let people get to know you and your real you, then they're going to be you know more magnetized to you, more attracted to you, and and what you're up to. So that is super awesome. So I know that you help um, individuals, businesses, but where can people find you, Travis? How do you want people to get in touch with you so that they can start creating and generating this, you know, limitless epic content? Sure. Yeah. As, as of right now, uh, LinkedIn is, is pretty much my home base. Um, so, uh, we'll be doing the, the multi-platform thing, hopefully this, this next year, but as of right now, LinkedIn is, uh, the best way to connect, stay connected. Um, starting to try and share, share more pieces of, of my journey on that adventure but yeah linkedin dms or just email travis at the beastnode.com um easy easy way to get in reach and i will gladly um support whatever whatever chapter of the adventure you're on <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time today, Travis. I know I learned a ton. I always get um, really energized when I see you doing your thing live because I feel like, oh my gosh, it can it can be anything we want. And it can also be a lot of fun and promote a lot of great authenticity and, and engagement with the audience. So you obviously have some super fans in the chat today. We are so <laughs> grateful for all of you who joined us today. Nick and Andrew and Steve and Jacob, you guys are all chatting it up. It's so great to see you guys. And earlier in the chat, somebody called you the, Sw uh, the Swiss Army knife of marketing. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Yeah. Gotta oh. love it. Amazing. Gotta love it. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Um, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Aaron. This hour always sneaks by us, and um, we're just grateful that you guys chose to spend it with us this morning. Travis, you have dropped so many gems. Really appreciate you. And you guys, make sure if you're not following Travis already, which I know and I hope most of you already are, um, or if you're not yet following Dan or Aaron or Power Hour, go do it now because we want to keep bringing awesome hours like this to you to help you level up in your life and in your business in areas that you really care about. So thank you guys so much for your time. And with that, we'll see you on the next power hour. Yeah. Thanks guys. See you next thanks, week. Thanks Travis. Thanks everyone.